0: Hello and welcome back to the Sound On Sight Walking Dead podcast. This week we'll be talking about the mid-season premiere of Season 5, What Happened and What's Going On, written by Scott M. Gimple and directed by Greg Nicotero. At the top we did want to mention uh, there is... Unfortunately, a recurring clicking sound in uh, one of our audio tracks. We were unable to identify or get rid of this, so it may be a bit uh, uh, frustrating to to listeners. Um, We're going to do our best to take care of that before the next week's episode comes out. But uh, unfortunately, there's nothing we can do about it here. Again, our apologies. We hope it's not too much of a distraction. Uh, We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the Sound On Sight Walking Dead podcast. I'm Kate Kulczyk, TV editor of SoundOnsite.org, and I'm joined as ever by my fabulous co-host, the co-creator and general editor, general editor? Really, it's editor-in-chief. I just like the general editor thing. Of SoundOnsite.org. that's Mr. Ricky D. Ricky, how's it going?
1: I'm, uh, I'm okay. I was really excited to have the show back for the first time in quite a long time, and I just actually finished watching the show. I couldn't watch it live. First time I haven't watched the show live in maybe five years. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was a day behind. I just finished watching and I'm a little traumatized. And uh, now I'm, I'm not too sure I'm happy I'm, that the show's back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to talk about that. Um, we should mention up at the top, of course, that this is going to be an episode, a uh, podcast episode, just looking at the mid-season premiere of, of season five, you know, what's happened and what's going on. There will be no spoilers for things that are yet to come for us on the podcast. We include the previously on, or sorry, the next week on trailer as a spoiler. So we're not going to talk about that. We're only going to talk about this. Uh, Ricky, you have read the comics. I have not read the comics. We will discuss comics things again, only if it's not going to be a spoiler. We're very spoiler aware here at Sound On Sight. Um, With that out of the way, this, for me, I, I, I have to be honest, I was not super excited for The Walking Dead coming back just because we, there's a lot of TV going on right now. It's nothing like what April's going to be. April's going to kill me. But um, I just wasn't ready for it to come back because there's too much other stuff on. And unfortunately for me, that was compounded when we started this episode. And it just, the you know, I was sitting there wanting to be watching so, some other things, but knowing, no, I need to watch this live. I need to make sure I'm not spoiled. I need to, you know, have that experience. Uh, and the first thing we open with is just people, you know, crying and, there's, there's digging a dirt. It's like, ah, oh, son of a beasting. We're back in the depressing, dark, dreary world of The Walking Dead. And that is very appropriate. I mean, if they weren't acting and behaving that way or feeling that way, it would feel completely wrong. And like a betrayal of their relationship with Beth. Uh, and, of course, what happens later in the episode as well. But, But I don't know. I just wasn't ready for the emotional... Brutality <laughs> of the dourness of what this show is. I think I needed another month off.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it's because you need another thirty days off, or I think it has more to do with the fact that this is the first episode of the second half of this season. We haven't watched this this TV show in, in so long, and they open up with like the most depressing episode to date yet. And I think you're right. I I, I think like you know knowing that there's several shows that we can watch on Sunday Night Plus I don't I don't really care about the Grammys but you know some people do there's a lot going on uh-huh. on Sunday nights specifically this past Sunday night with better call Saul and uh, HBO's Looking and Girls and so on and so forth and
0: well and they all just like the, the HBO lineup just put your heart through the ringer <laughs> this week, too. It was, just, it was a very emotional and heartbreaking night of television. I wanted to be watching, like, Broad City or something. I needed some happiness after this.
1: Exactly. Broad City or Adventure Time is the best way to follow up on this episode. So, yeah, so, I don't know. Part of me thinks that, you know, and I just watched it tonight, to be fair. I didn't watch it last night. But still, it was, as you said, an emotionally, an emotionally devastating weekend for TV. Or week, <laughs> <I would say. laughs> Um, so I'm not entirely sure if that's why I have mixed feelings about this episode. I think, in all honesty, just to start off positive, I think that this is by far the best directed episode yet, and I think Bear McCreary delivered his best soundtrack. Like, I think the music for this episode is fantastic, and we can start by talking with the opening montage. It's an interesting choice of camera work and effects to open up the mid-season finale, you know, showing... A series of picturesque settings and comforting locales that tra- transition from the pre-apocalypse, pre-Walker days to the current landscape or hellscape. And you get, you know, the shots of um, of the shovel digging in the dirt, a framed picture of a house with blood flowing on it, photographs of Noah and his family. Uh, you get like, you know, moving trees in slow motion and lots of crying. You hear, you you hear Maggie crying, and so. I got to admit that the opening was pretty, pretty well edited, well shot, uh, beautifully scored. And it was a great way to open up the episode because it makes us, the viewers, think that that must be the funeral for Beth. Because the last time we checked in on The Walking Dead, she died at the end of the episode. But then as you start seeing the photographs of Noah and specifically photographs of him and his family when he was younger, before the zombie apocalypse, then you start thinking it's foreshadowing of what's to come, and Noah's going to die in this episode. And so the whole entire time, I'm thinking, you know, Noah is going to die, you know? I mean, we just got introduced to this character, and nobody really cares about Noah at this point yet. And so, yeah, I can see them killing off Noah and uh, making, like, a really good action set piece. And so the episode really toys with the viewer's emotions. But, and I, I guess we're going to have to talk about this eventually, but uh, I'm not entirely satisfied with the way they killed off one of... The most popular characters probably the most i don't know i, I don't know if I should have called him the best actor on the show currently maybe maybe Chad Coleman is the best actor or was I guess at this point, but I was incredibly disappointed in the fact that they kill off Tyrese in 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 the way that they did you know and there's there's so so I think there's two things to consider here it's when When a show does kill off a character, especially like one of their main characters, there's got to be a reason for it. It can't just be to, you know, emotionally devastate viewers, you know, just to sort of get that emotional reaction out of us. And the second thing is it's also got to be somewhat believable. And I didn't think it was believable because, I mean, this is Tyrese. This is the man who jumped out of a car and slaughtered like 50 to 100 zombies in a matter of like two minutes. You know what I mean? And for, and I know Rick has said in the past that any one of them can slip up and any one of them can die at any time. But how many times have we seen a walker sneak up on someone? I mean, walkers aren't necessarily quiet. You know, It's not like they're tiptoeing in the back of someone and choosing not to growl or make noise. I mean, how did he not see or feel or hear a walker sneak up behind them and so so there's there's two reasons why i don't like the way they executed that sequence a it's because i don't think that it was earned i don't think that that character should have been killed at that very moment in this episode and b i don't like the way he was killed
0: well i have to have a couple thoughts immediately following off of that first of all uh one of the things i thought was most interesting about the way that he was killed is that this felt like the first time that the walking dead has broken their own rule of if a, you're only going to get bit if the walker is slow, if you can see them coming. Because, you know, whenever walkers pop up out of somewhere, they never are effective. You know, it's like a jump scare, but then nobody actually ends up getting bit in that moment. Um, and here, I think this is the closest we're going to come to that, where, re- like, it's immediate. He know he realizes the, the things there. Like, we can see a, sh- a figure behind, but as soon as it's confirmed that is a walker, He's been bit in the arm it is already over uh, it happens so quickly so I thought that was I, I liked yeah. You know, as much as I will we'll get into my thoughts on the fact like the choice to kill the character but I like that they did it in a slightly different way to what they've done in the past um as for the decision to to kill Tyrese um uh, it's hard for it to feel like anything other than a strategic move on their parts it doesn't feel like it's fueled by the narrative it feels like welcome back guys it's the walking dead anyone can die uh showing us i guess i guess it, it ties in with this 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 theme or this notion of anyone could be at risk at any time um the, it doesn't matter how much we like you, it doesn't matter how much of a badass you are, if you ever let your guard down for any one second, even the strongest person can get taken out by the puniest, tiniest walker uh, on the earth who is somehow super strong. Um, so so there's there's some thematic stuff going on with that. But on the whole, if you want me to care about you, the show killing off a, a significant character, even a fan-favorite character like that, Don't do it before I've had a chance to remember why I like the show, because I was not. I I this just pissed me off as a fan, and as I'm not going to say that it's bad or that there is poorly written or any of that stuff. Just the the decision to do it, um, because the episode opens and it's everybody uh, dealing with the the trauma of having lost. We find out by the end of the episode that it's Tyrese, but we think it's Beth. It's like, oh yeah, that's right. They just killed off a character as soon as I started to like her in the mid-season finale. Um, And then pretty quickly you realize, oh no, no. Before I have a chance to remember why I like these characters and why I want to spend time in this universe, the show is already beating me down (laughs) uh, emotionally. And uh, just with the tone, it's just so oppressive, which is fitting for what happens in the episode. But as a mid-season Premiere, if you want me to be invested, it's you know, it's a daring choice, I guess I should say. It's a ballsy choice. It didn't work for me. Um but
1: I I don't think it's a daring choice. I think at this point it's just um I, I I wouldn't even call I wouldn't call it ballsy or daring. I would just call it a bad decision. Because the thing is like it's like twisting a knife instead of propelling a narrative. I mean there's several several reasons, like I said, why characters can die. And there's been so many big characters who have died since the beginning of season one. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, is it for the sake of narrative momentum? Is it for character development? Is it to build on the other characters who are close to the person that dies? Is it purely to elicit an emotional response in the audience? Um, But the thing is, it's like you said, it's back to back. I mean, if you go back and listen to our last podcast, I had the same complaint with them killing Beth. I'm like, what was the point? What was the point in killing Beth in this very episode? You know, like, I mean, the reason is just so they can shock the audience. It's like, it's like the final episode before we take a break. So we have to kill off the major characters. So we're going to kill off Beth. But then what was the whole point in her going to the hospital and having this whole, you know, having all the characters sidetrack and. And the whole, the whole buildup just seemed pointless at the end because it was all done just so they can kill Beth. I mean, all of those characters we met at the hospital, we're never going to see any of those characters ever again. So, what was the point in introducing those characters, you know? Except so, Noah. Except Noah. But to be fair, uh, Noah, I think, was my, like the, the character I was least interested in from the hospital. I mean, not to say, like, I mean, as an actor, he's a good actor. Um, and I think there's potential for his character, but. I mean, the point is, like, I'm sorry, like, I do I do think that killing Beth was pointless. Like, I don't think they should have killed her on that very episode. And so it just seems like the show is piling misery on top of misery. And that's why a lot of people are checking out. I mean, I know it still has high ratings. I know it's like the most popular show on television. And uh, I'm not saying I dislike the show. I think this is a fantastic episode in the sense that it's well directed, well scripted, well edited, well acted, et cetera, et cetera but that doesn't mean I'm going to be happy with their decision to kill Tyrese in the way that they did. And so um, I just think that the main issue here for me is the fact that it's back to back, you know, it's Beth and now it's Tyrese and it just feels unearned. And the thing about Tyrese is if you think about it, what exactly could or would they do with Tyrese? You're talking about a character as interesting as he started has become less and less interesting throughout the last season or two because ever since he decided that he would no longer kill or be violent and he would be a pacifist, what do you do with that character in this kind of a setting? You know what I mean? <laughs> so I think that, yes, maybe he was the best choice of a major character to kill off next because I don't think they had any idea what to do with his character at that point in time. I just don't think that this was the episode to do it.
0: Well, yeah, and I think that's you answered the question of why... ...killed Tyrese because they didn't have something else to do with him. So they wanted to, you know, give him a a central episode, make a statement about the realities of the world... ...but also continue to shift the tone. Well, at least that's what I'm anticipating by the decision to kill Tyrese and not somebody else. Continue to shift the tone darker and darker. Let's not forget that the last two characters they killed off were Bob. Like, the only optimist in the group. The only sunny, dispositioned person really left on the show... Followed by Beth, the the adorable little white girl who sings, uh, and then followed by Ty- Tyrese, the only interesting character who is not like uh, obsessed with violence at this point. Even Sasha has become very uh, you know rageful, full of rage. Um, and so by taking away one by one the elements in the group that are, that are going to steer the dynamic of the group, or if you want to say the, the soul of the group in a more positive direction, we're left with, you know, the, the discussion of, of rage and anger that we get with, with Rick and with Glenn in this episode, Glenn's no longer Mr. Sunshine. There's nobody left in this group that is going to, you know, push them in a direction of maybe there is hope. Maybe there is a point to everything we're doing. Maybe it, this is a terrible world that we live in, but that doesn't mean that we should be consumed with that, uh, with all the negativity that surrounds us. Um, so I think part of my, you know, not ex- lack of excitement about the season moving forward, the midseason, I guess, moving forward, is is that element. I'm anticipating, again, more and more dreariness and more and more
1: darkness. But, but, but does the show really have to remind viewers that anybody can die at any time? I mean, it's pretty much been established since day one. You know what I mean, and and it feels like it's like it feels like they wanted to start off this second half of the season with a major character dying just so they can shock viewers and be like, you know what, nobody's safe, but we know nobody's safe. Well, you know I mean? but
0: but but Ricky, we've specifically said on this podcast that everyone was safe. There was no one that they were going to kill. We were just talking about that at the end of the, the first half of this season. We we're like, well, they're not going to kill Rick because they're not, they're not going to have him leave Carl. They're not, you know, like we went through the list of characters and pretty much everybody felt safe. So while in the world we know the dangers of the world, I don't know that I believed that they were actually going to kill off anyone.
1: Well, yeah, and to be fair, like I said, at the start of the episode, I thought they were going to kill off Noah. I mean, for Mm -hmm. like a brief, like, five seconds, I thought we were watching the funeral of Beth, and then I realized, no, this must be the funeral for someone else, and then I thought it was Noah because we saw the pictures of Noah. But still, there was so much foreshadowing, that when we actually do get to the the scene in which he dies, as soon as he starts staring at the photos and you see the painting of the cabin, uh, you know it's Tyrese that's going to die. He's going to get bit, at least. And and And, you know, despite the fact that They did chop off his arm. I was like, there's no way they're going to have one more character running around with an arm or leg missing. They've already done done that once, twice, three times. I don't think so. I guess what I'm trying to say here is you can emotionally manipulate the audience, but that doesn't doesn't necessarily justify the act. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so for me personally, I just think it's not that it's a waste to say goodbye to this character. It's just that I don't think it was the right time. And I think timing is very important and crucial when killing off a character, especially a major character, on a show like The Walking Dead. And so, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But But like I said, honestly for this second half of the season, if you were going to kill somebody, I guess Ch- Chad Coleman's Tyrese would be the guy to kill. Cause what else are you going to do with a pacifist? But I mean, that could be a problem. I mean, we can, can consider it a problem that you are killing off a character because you don't, you don't know what to do with this character. Um, I don't know. Why not just build on, build on the character? Why not just establish new relationships? Why not just have a setting in which they can stay at for a good whole season without it feeling like a dungeon? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I mean that's the thing. I was, re- I wish I remember which article I was reading. But I was reading an article online recently, and they were saying that the major difference between The Walking Dead and every TV show out there is every TV show out there has a setting and a location that not only the viewers return to, but the characters return to or stay at. The Walking Dead has never had a setting. It's had a setting that lasted like you know like half a season, but it's never had a setting for the show. You know what I mean? And that's the show. That's the nature of the show. That's the nature of the comic book. They're always on the move. But that's what's odd about it. And so we've talked about this so many times on the podcast and where I've said that this show is still ahead of its time in many ways. It's groundbreaking in many ways, and it's doing things that other TV shows don't do in many ways. And so even for us as viewers, even if we watch a lot of TV shows or movies, it's still – Uh, it still feels a little foreign to us. And so I don't think we we know how to react to The Walking Dead yet, even after five seasons. This is
0: going to drive me nuts because I know that on the televerse, we have, I want to say, done a DVD shelf on another show that similarly did not have locate a set location but had all the same characters moving well, around it's driving I, us but th- but there's only one i can think of
1: and i can't Littles remember Hobo. what
0: it's called oh there, there's a the little sobo, i suppose or something like um uh incredible hulk or you know but it is very rare certainly yeah. and uh, so what we end up getting on the walking dead is a series of locations and as we learned last season uh, the the forward momentum of not being stuck in a location, them on the road was the most interesting the show had been in quite a while, um, when that started out the the first part of, of this last season in in that manner. But yeah, when when it, it's tricky because either they they continue the pattern of go to a new location. Maybe we can build a life here. And then it all falls apart because it has to, because it's a TV show and they're, they want to keep it going for as long as they can. Right. Um, either it becomes repetitious because they, they, they get stuck in a sp- space and they keep telling, trying to tell the same stories or it gets repetitious because they, uh they're, they're constantly changing. So it's either they it's they're stuck in the same place and that's a problem or they aren't willing to commit to one or the other. And I think this is the point where the critic in me says, guys, set an end date. But the, uh, the realist in me knows that that's not going to happen. Um, so is there a way that they can keep this fresh?
1: Yes. I don't think they need to set an end date. I do agree that setting an end date, like if they say, okay, we're going to do 10 years and 10 years, that's it, that's all, that can help the writer's. And keep some sort of focus on the characters in the show. But I think they can also set like an end date for like, you know, where are we going to be by season seven? And maybe they have. But, you know, when, when we look at movies like road, road movies, movies or TV shows where the characters are on the road. There, except for the little hobo. Um, there seems to be a destination in mind, right? And it's like they this is the first episode where they specifically know where they want to go. Because by the end of the episode, Michonne's like, let's go to Washington. And they've been talking about Washington for a while, but they've never really committed to going to Washington. They've always sidetracked and, and you know, there's all the business with the, uh, the cannibals and et cetera, et cetera. But now it's like Michonne seems to be the one that's like, hey, guys, we need to go to Washington. We can't just you know, stop and go, stop and go, stop and go. We need to find like a place where we can stay at for a good amount of time. And so that's the problem. I think when, when we talk about repetition, it's basically let's find some random place and hope that we can stay at this random place without getting killed and then rinse and repeat, do it all over again. And so maybe now that Tyrese is dead and that sort of propels, um michonne to say hey we need to go to washington because you know yeah eugene was lying about the cure but he still chose washington for a good reason or a good number of reasons right and so maybe that's what they need they just need washington in mind but according to what she said uh, washington is pretty close so i can't imagine him on the road for too long
0: well and here's the issue though for me i understand the characters in the world of the show uh, having that as a goal, and we were, we've, you know, talked about in the first half of the season how excited we were for them to have, again, this, a goal, something they're building towards, even though pretty much everybody watching knew Eugene was full of it pretty early on, uh, still just the, this notion, this little bit of hope or the uh, goal that they were working towards gave a lot of energy to the, to the first half of the season. And losing that was tough. So had them reestablishing, okay, we're going to go to Washington. Inside the world of the show, that's great. As a way to provide momentum and direction to the characters, that's great. Do you think there's any percent chance that they're going to get to Washington and everything's going to work out? Or are they going to have the exact same story that they've had in every other location that they've gone to?
1: I don't think that's a question you need to ask because even if you haven't read the comic book you know that the comic book's at issue like 150 or something I think exactly so you know you know the comic book has been around for what 15 10 years I don't even know how long it's been around for it's been around for quite some time well um, but,
0: but even aside from that, this is the most watched show on television. This is, exactly. this is AMC's only uh, until you know if they're able to get better off, uh, better call Saul off the ground and make turn that into a hit. That'll be that would be great. But you know, Mad Men is ending this season. Uh, of course, Breaking Bad ended last year, or I should say, Mad Men is ending this year. Uh, they don't have another show waiting in the wings that is is a substantial critical hit or a substantial ratings hit. And so the show is never going to end until every. Everybody stops watching it, so as a viewer, know with that information that obviously the characters don't have i do not I am not invested in Washington because I know Washington's not going to work out because the show makes too much money for the sh- the story to end, and the story you know they're not going to have any sort of safety long term safety or happiness or you know cure for the zombie zombie plague until the very end of the show
1: well, you see, but here's the thing: when you adapt a comic book or a book to a movie or like to the big screen or the small screen has the show writer in this case, or creator in this case, Robert Kirkman, you have that blessing, that, um, that freedom, that advantage to make changes and to do things that maybe you thought you should have done or do don't do things that you regret doing. Like there's changes that can be made to better the story. And I think it's going two ways for Robert Kirkman and the walking dead creators and also a show um i think they're making specific changes only to surprise those viewers who've read the comic books for example and this is not a spoiler because tyrese is now dead in the comic book tyrese becomes like rick's right hand man he himself becomes a leader if not the leader of the group he's like a major character who sticks around for a quite some time right um in the tv show they've already killed him off now is that that's that's what I'm trying to figure out here? Is that a decision that they're making because they want to try to sway away from the comic books to some degree to still surprise viewers who've read the comic books? And if so, that can also not be very good because if if your decisions are based on just trying to surprise viewers but not really focusing on these characters and the story and the narrative and 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 moving it forward, that's not a good thing um
0: i don't think they're they killed him to try to specifically sway away from the comic books i don't think they i i again i don't have a strong sense of this i have not read particularly insightful interviews about uh from scott gimple or or uh or robert kirkman to give me basis for this just my sense of you know from watching the show they, they did it because they were at a narrative dead end for the character they could have uh, they, they wanted to kill someone off here. They wanted to kill the pacifist, very specifically of the group, um, and they they know they have a sense of the direction of where they're going for the rest of the season. Um, so so that's why they they killed him off. I would say I don't think they killed him off to specifically because people who read the comics wouldn't expect it. I think they just they felt like they were at a dead end with the character, and rather than try to build build something new or or uh, you know reestablish new. Uh, new ties with the character they decided to go this way in instead i think they're not as concerned about matching up with the comic book all the time
1: i think they are because i've heard robert kirkman mention this so many times in so many interviews with so many different publications um and the thing is yes i agree they like i said like twenty minutes ago, they killed Chad Coleman's character Tyrese because what were they going? to What what would they do with his character at this point? Now he's a pacifist and he's changed so dramatically from the character in the comic book. But they are changing these characters, like Andrea, like Shane, like Tyrese, these major characters, in drastic ways from the comic book. So they are purposely changing things from the comic book, comic book which is great, and I think they should. But sometimes I do think that the decisions are based upon like the idea of like trying to surprise viewers. And I could be wrong because I don't write the show. I'm not in the writer's room, but um, the point I was going to try to make here, going back to your question, there's lots of movies that have been released recently, like over the, especially the, like the last five years, like horror films that have broken away from the tradition of say the zombie film or the vampire film, like they're horror films they're genre films, but they do something new and different with these characters, with these monsters, et cetera, et cetera. Just because you have a show called The Walking Dead doesn't necessarily mean you have to have a whole half season or full season revolving around a bunch of walkers like that try to eat your flesh and eat your brains or what have you, and or having a villain like the governor show up and try to kill everybody or what have you. There are so many interesting things that they can still do around the genre, even if it is a zombie show. And I don't know. Like, I, I think the thing about this episode and the reason why I still do think that this is a good episode um, is because of the way it's directed, the way they, and not in just, not only in this episode, but in recent memory, like specifically this season, they've been experimenting a lot. And I like the fact that they are experimenting because I think they need to. They need to try new things. They can't just always do the exact same thing. And I'm talking about not just experimenting in, in the editing and the montage sequences and the camera work and the cinematography and in the soundtrack, but also what they're doing with some of the characters. And this, episode we get that dream sequence and it's not the first time we've had a dream sequence in the walking dead tv show but this is by far the dream sequence that took the most amount of screen time i mean i would say that that dream sequence takes up at least 15 minutes of screen time if not more i don't I don't know how you felt about the dream sequence because i know a lot of people don't like dream sequences um but i thought it was a really interesting choice
0: well and i don't for me i don't think of it as a dream sequence i enjoy dream sequences when they're done well um i'd point to uh, Buffy, and I would point to uh, The Sopranos as two shows who are excellent at dream sequences. Uh, for me, this is much more hallucination. This is seeing, you know. I, so I, I connected it more with uh, rather than his subconscious trying to talk to him at, through sleep, but more just he's he's seeing the specters of his friends who have gone, um, because he knows that he's dying. And and that it did really work for me. I liked this this doubt that we see. With, within Tyrese as he comes to the end of his life. I mean, the the, the having the governor come back in this context, I thought really worked. This is the most the governor has worked for me, in, like probably most of the entire run of the show. But having him be the manifestation of all of Tyrese's doubts and the fact that he was on the governor's team for a while, he didn't realize, but he was. And so there are certain elements of just going back seasons worth of drama and and bloodshed that he... You know, still carries with him. It would have been nice to see that while he was alive, but it you know, this is a good as good a time as any to bring it up, I suppose. And it was just wonderful to see Lawrence Gilliard Jr. back as Bob, just to get that smile back again. I really liked that they they took that approach. I do have to mention though, um, after because we do spend you know, a not insignificant amount of time or a number of lines of dialogue, I guess, talking about forgiving Carol. And how could you even be friends with her after this? But who do we not see? We don't see Karen. Karen's supposedly the love of his life. hes They're so happy. She's not in this. And I think that tells you so much about how effective that character was in general or how, how much concern the writers had for her. And also just uh, an it's like, the, 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 he, of all the people he could be seeing before he's dying, he doesn't see Karen?
1: Yeah. I know, I totally agree. And it's, it's, it's funny because I was thinking about who was in the room. Like, you know, when we talk about him hallucinating, he sees Beth, Bob, Martin, Lizzie, Mika, and the governor, but not Karen. He sees the governor, but not Karen. Um, yeah. and so I was, I was trying to think, like, when did Tyrese get, when was Tyrese first introduced into the show? And then I realized, you know, he came in and like, what's end of season two, season three, maybe. And so he, didn't really know, say, Shane or Laurie. So there's specific characters that they couldn't use in that dream sequence, which makes sense. But Karen? I mean, like, what? Like, yeah, Karen should have been in that dream sequence.
0: Karen uh, should have been the one to say, it'll be better. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if you're going to talk about having, having the character see, see the solutionations of his friends who have, who have died, saying, just let go, just, you know, accept your death. It's going to be better now. You'll be with us. You gotta have Karen there for that, and and trust the audience to know who she is, or at least read between the lines. You know, there's that that I mean, because I th- I really would have loved to have seen the reaction shot for, of Coleman, uh, you know, getting him to watch him play that beat of seeing Karen again would have been wonderful. So I, I it's disappointing that they didn't go there with that. Are there any other? Were there any other particular highlights of that? Were you glad to see Beth with her guitar one more time, or was that an eye roll moment for you? Oh
1: my God, I was so glad to see her sing one last time. I mean, I was like the biggest fan of Beth, and I was so angry they killed her. I mean, the last podcast for listeners who haven't listened to the last podcast, go back. You'll listen to me just complaining and just so angry and so emotional. Uh, but like, yeah, this was by far the best. If you want to call it a, a, a hallucination and/or a dream sequence, a fever dream. Uh, but it was by far the best that they've done so far on the show. I mean, think back to Rick and the Ghost of Lori. I did not like that whole episode. That was like the one episode. Remember, I wrote a review and uh-huh. I got so much negative <laughs> feedback. And the director of the episode emailed me because he was angry. <laughs> so and, and there was also the, um, the sequence in which Daryl hallucinates and he sees Merle come back from the dead. Only like Merle wasn't really dead, but everyone assumed he was dead.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, there was quite a few dream sequences. There was one more. I just can't remember which one it was. Uh, but this was. Oh yeah, there was also that really kick-ass sort of like fever dream sl- slash flashback of Michonne mm-hmm. the past at her home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was an awesome sequence.
0: But it was nice to see, like, that's an element of the episode that I really appreciated. And again, it felt like a new way to watch one of the characters die, which is something that they've done, like you said, many times on the show at this point. So it's great that they found a fresh way to to do that. And I actually really liked that they brought back uh, Chris Coy to be Martin, to to- before the character goes, we're going to have someone call you on not killing Martin. And it's going to be Martin. Uh, so I thought that that actually worked really well. What didn't work as well for me, and you actually already mentioned it. It sounds like it worked a lot more for you than it did for me. Uh, is the shots, the recurring shots of like, for example, the the like the biggest one for me was the, the the drawing of the house or the cabin or whatever it is with the blood. Is like, oh, God, we get it. We get it. It's a pretty drawing. And then now it's blood's ruined because there's blood everywhere. So I, I appreciate the 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 show's embrace of of artistic uh flourishes like this. I think it's great. Like you mentioned that that Michonne sequence, uh, that we got the sort of flashback uh, sequence, dream sequence we got from her uh, a while back. That was that was one of my favorite things the show had done to that point. But some of this is just so heavy handed. I just I, I I think because again they hadn't reestablished my connection with the show yet. I was still sort of just starting to get back into the, to the, the the language of the show and the feel of the show and then they're piling all this really obvious, you know, imagery on top of that. I, it just it didn't work for me the way I think it needed to for me to completely go with the episode.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've talked about this a lot on my movie I guess. I don't have a problem with a TV show or a movie Uh, that feels heavy handed or that tries to hammer in a message when it were, when, when it's within the horror genre for some reason. Like, um, I mean, Greg Nicotero, I mean, he's worked on some of like the greatest horror films ever made, like dating back to like the seventies. And none of those films, specifically the zombie films directed by George A. Romero are subtle. They're far from subtle. Um, I mean, he comes from the old school of, uh, of, uh, of making horror films. And, uh, I think that's just like, part of the genre i I don't know it just doesn't bug me for some reason um so yeah i had no problem with it whatsoever um and again i did like i I think the thing is the reason why it also doesn't bug me is because of the way it's edited shot and and directed like it it's still beautiful to look at you know even if i'm even if i see the painting pop up every like two or three or four minutes and you know we've already seen the shot like 15 times It still works well within the scene. So it didn't really like phase me. Um, I also really like the fact that they add in the radio broadcasts, you know, like first he mentions the radio broadcast when he's riding in the car and he's talking about his dad and how he used to make him listen to the news because listening to news was essential and important to, so you have to understand what's going on in the world, not just like, not just, not just what's going on like across the globe, but even what's going on like in your, in your own hometown. And then later on during that fever dream sequence, the hallucinations, he actually does hear the radio broadcast. And I just, I love watching classic horror films. And in the classic horror films, you always hear the radio broadcast in the background. For me, it's just like such a great way to create like this beautiful and like, not even beautiful, but just this dreadful foreboding like atmosphere. You know what I mean? So that really worked for me also.
0: Yeah, it's a nice touch. And the fact that it doesn't feel uh, like a cheat, to introduce. Oh, here's this thing that he's always done this whole time but we just never mentioned it. Uh th- they got away with that. It didn't feel um it didn't feel like a device in the way that maybe his death did. Uh narrative device. Uh that that says a lot about the execution of it and also just like you said how naturally it fits within the realm or the genre, you know. It, it this it makes sense with our sense of who Tyrese is and it, it it was very organic. I thought a nice little touch to add in there as well. Um, Are there other elements in this episode that you want to touch on? I know for a lot of people, and we should talk about some of the other action if nothing else. I know a lot of people are very excited about uh, the Michonne with the, and then the the zombie or the Walker with the rebar and everything. There's some nice little action beats there.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you want to talk about additional foreshadowing flourishes that I really liked, uh, um, I don't know. There's just so much good stuff to mention. Like, I really love the slow motion when um you see the zombies burst through, like, the locked gate because they open up the gate and you kind of get a shot. It's like the point of view of Tyrese. And then he watches Rick Michonne and and everyone else just kill the zombies and it's all in slow motion. Um, I love, like, that point of view shot. I also like the way just abruptly, like, right away cut and we get to see michonne chop off his arm like you know it just right away breaks away from his fever dream and boom his arms off that was a great piece of editing right there mm-hmm. yeah
0: i gotta say um i kind of hope we don't ever find out what was going on with the bodies that had been cut in half uh i i can't i was trying to think of how of what could possibly be an explanation for that and I can't come up with one uh, other than some really <laughs> fucked up people. Excuse my language. Um, do you, do you think that's something that's gonna come back, or do you hope it's just sort of a something left to our imaginations?
1: God, I hope not. Like honestly, I hope not. And <laughs> I don't know, like I. That was probably my my least favorite aspect of this uh, of this episode. I mean, yeah, I'm not happy that that they killed off Tyrese, but. Just having all of these bodies cut up and left all over the place, it's just like, I mean, I can come up with some explanations, but they'll they're all gonna sound stupid because it's gonna be a stupid storyline if they do it. <laughs> so um yeah, let's hope they stay away from that. I actually want to know what you think of Rick, Glenn, and uh was it Michonne's speech when you know Glenn and Rick are talking about, you know, did you actually think that you would find like hope here, people here? Uh, and then Rick responds, well, I'm not really sure. Like, What did you think about their whole entire speech?
0: Well, I had trouble engaging with it. I had trouble engaging with a lot of this episode when I first watched it. And maybe if I don't have the time to rewatch it right now, unfortunately, with so much TV going on. Um, but if I did rewatch the episode, I might have a different perspective on it. Because I was spending a lot of this episode being annoyed that they were killing Tyrese. Um, that they were gonna kill Tyrese, and because I didn't think when they if they had been in, able to immediately cut off his arm, then I would have maybe bought that they would be able to save his life. But as soon as like with Herschel, it was instantaneous, um, and it's still like they were not sure it was gonna work. So as soon as they couldn't immediately amputate the arm, I was certain he was gonna die, and so uh, I spent. And I had a very negative reaction to that immediately upon that happening, About upon him getting bit, I guess I should say. Um, and so then I spent uh, the next significant chunk of the episode um, having an internal conversation with myself about whether they were, this was a, a whether it was working, whether the rest of the episode was fun- working well, whether I was just annoyed that they had killed Tyrese, that they, you know, or if I was annoyed at how they killed him, or should they have killed him, and then having the, well, of course, they can do whatever the hell they want. This is their show. These are their their characters, and going back and forth and thinking about other character deaths on shows that I'm more engaged with, and when did it... Like, I was having all of this internal uh, d- dialogue popping around my, my head, be, probably because I wasn't super engaged with the episode to you know from the very beginning of the episode until that point. So, as for the specifics of some of the other non-Tyrese storylines. I mean, it makes me sad that Glenn is now no-hope dude. Um, But, I mean, given what's happened, it's hard to blame him. And, again, I just tie that into the loss of Bob and then Beth and now uh, Tyrese. And, you know, Glenn is, if Glenn can't be happy, nobody on the show is going to be able to have a positive attitude. Um, And I don't know that I want to watch that and invite that into my home every week.
1: Yeah, well, I think that's the major problem that Walking Dead has right now. Even if you are a diehard Walking Dead fanatic, you've got to admit that they have a huge problem right now because all of their likable characters, or a good chunk of them, like the majority of like our favorite characters, are dead. Like, Think of who we have left. There's Michonne.
0: Carol and Daryl.
1: Carol and Daryl. Come those on. Are, those are the three big guns right now
0: i needed some eugene in this episode so much as soon as i started talking about eugene i was like oh can we please just cut away and get like his ridiculous haircut and uh the, just some fabulous delivery from that actor because i need to laugh right
1: now right and, and so the thing is they do have eugene and they do have abraham and i even do like carl and rick's always been problematic regardless if i like him or not he's always been a problem um, but on all honesty, I'm, I'm talking about like where everyone can agree, like all fans of the show can agree that there's three characters that everybody likes. It's, it's Daryl, Carol and Michonne and everybody else, everyone seems mixed on Like Some people like Abraham, some people don't, some people like Eugene, some people don't, some people like Carl, some people don't. But Those are the three characters they have right now. You know, it was it, it, like, I don't know. They just have to be very careful who, as to who they introduce next. Cause they're going to have to introduce some really interesting characters played by some fantastic actors because they are quickly killing off everybody.
0: Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, but that, that's what this show is the reality that they've established for the walking dead. And I remember when I watched the British show survivors um it, one of the, one of the things that was most refreshing to me is that that 's a post apocalyptic kind of world most of the i think it's like ninety nine percent of the world has died off with some some super plague there's no there 's no zombies or anything um but so that means that there's almost nobody left on the in the world alive and so we have a group of people who come end up coming together, but every time they meet a new person they're overjoyed because there's someone else who's actually alive Uh, and and then they run into there's of course, there's bad guys, you know, you know, just they're basically the equivalent of the governor characters like that have you risen to power in certain areas, but they're still so glad that there's anybody else that they have found. Um, And that was just such a refreshing thing for me when I first watched that series, it would be wonderful to see some element of that here, but I don't know that, it can. At this point in the show, season five, their tone is so firmly established. I don't know that they can add even one character who acts that way and have it feel natural.
1: Yeah. And the problem is, is you coming from someone who's read the comic book. Like, again, this isn't really a spoiler. Andrea and Therese are still alive. You know what I mean? Like, like you killed off two amazing characters played by two fantastic actors so early on in the TV adaptation of the comic series. And I'm just not entirely sure in this case, with Tyrese, like, why? Like, there could have been a way to change his character and make good use of his character and make him interesting again. And, I mean, even when he wasn't, quote-unquote, interesting, we still love to see the gentle giant on the screen, you know? He sort of, like, was, like, the highlight reel sometimes. He would light up the, uh, the hour, like, especially when you have a really dark and depressing hour. Like, Tyrese would walk in. He's so, like big and massive but so cute and cuddly and he would, and
0: would hold baby Judith, and you yeah. go oh well i mean and and i guess it is it a contrast a tonal con- he, tyrese felt like a, a tonal contrast to what so much of the show was arguing for the philosophy that so much of the show embraced or so many of the characters embraced it was like no here's a guy who is the giant teddy bear comparatively if he's not caving in your skull with a hammer you know uh and this kind of person can survive, too, in this world. It doesn't have to be the cannibals and the governor. And the more that they remove any other option there, uh, the more limited the the show feels tonally, and the less that they, there can be a discussion about philosophy because only one point of view is being left alive.
1: And I guess that's the best way to end the podcast because thus is my point why it's a bad decision because in that dream sequence or fever dream or hallucination. He's talking to the guy that he quote unquote should have killed back at the cabin, but didn't kill and lied to Carol and everyone. And of course he was a reason why the cannibals caught up with Rick and the gang and they chopped off Bob's leg, et cetera, et cetera. You know, everyone knows the story, but having that character like repeat and repeat that, you know, I told you you were going to die because you're the guy to save babies and guys like you don't survive in this kind of world. And I'm like, well, why the fuck am I watching a show? Because I don't want to <laughs> watch a show, which is horrible people. I mean, and, and it's funny because I was having this big discussion with my coworkers today, and I was trying to, like, you know, I've been recommending all these shows, and so, you know, I recommended like, um, looking and girls and. <laughs> Go watch
0: Jane and, the Virgin.
1: <laughs> You know what? I'm going to have to recommend Jane the Virgin next because they all hate these shows because they don't want to watch shows about terrible people because it's one thing to watch a movie and it's like a one-time thing, but it's another thing to invite these people into your home each and every single week for 10 weeks or 24 weeks or 16 weeks or what have you. And so that's the problem with this episode. That's why it really, really didn't work for me because, yeah, it's kind of like a slap in the face. It's like, hey – This one character who's so full of love and hope, who's like the good guy, who's the guy that saves the baby. Yeah, you know what? It's true. He won't survive the zombie apocalypse because of the choices he makes. And so that leads me to wonder, like, what are we going to get in the next, like, seven or eight episodes or the next, like, ten seasons? Are we just going to watch everyone turn really dark and evil and just become, like, the governor?
0: Well, here's the thing. And again, that's putting on my... Seen way too much t v wasted childhood hat um Daryl also will save the baby, and Daryl's not going anywhere. Oh, I feel very, very confident. I feel like the Norman Reedus fan girls would just like kill everyone if anything happened to Daryl. I have never been less concerned for a character's well being on a show than I am for Daryl on The Walking Dead, at least for the foreseeable future. Um, Daryl would save the baby. Uh, I don't know, given, if it's not his baby, I don't know where Rick is. I don't know that he necessarily would, but Daryl would save the baby. And apparently we only get to have one of those on the show at any given time. Um, and it has to be the one who doesn't talk about how he always would save the baby. Um, yeah, I, I do I do think the show is unbalanced in that conversation. But yeah, it's like I said, on Sunday night, there's all these other shows that are on, and obviously we're gonna keep walk- watching The Walking Dead. We have a podcast about it, um, but it it gets I can't really recommend this show to people because it is so it just grinds you down so much. It's not necessarily fun to watch. It's not necessarily entertaining. So uh, we'll see how long the viewers stick with it because apparently they're not going anywhere.
1: No, no, and you know it's funny we mentioned this like several times on the podcast, but I think they should be taking notes from the Walking Dead video game series. Uh, made by telltale um if you're not familiar with the video game series it's fantastic and the storyline is honestly better than the storyline for the first two seasons of the walking dead i think they're going to release season three very soon and it's just amazing how the video game adaptation is so much better than the tv show not and not to knock the tv show like i do watch the tv show i do like the tv show i love this episode i just don't like the fact that they killed tyrese and i think a lot of people don't i think i'm not alone here
0: no, I don't think you are either. Um, we'll see how the rest of the season plays out uh, starting next week. But for now, any any final thoughts on this episode or uh, any other elements, things going on at Sound of Sight that we should mention?
1: Um, sound on site. There's always a lot going on over at Sound on Sight. I... Uh, along with Simon Howell, your co-host of Televerse Podcast, recently ended our seven-and-a-half-year run of the Sound on Sight movie podcast. Uh, we've re- yeah, we recorded 400 episodes. Now, technically, Sorted Cinema is on the same iTunes feed as Sound on Sight. So we've recorded 400 episodes of Sound on Sight, the flagship podcast of our website. And we've recorded 92 episodes of Sorted Cinema. So we've ended sound on site we are recording eight more episodes of sorted cinema and sometime in april we're going to do our big 500 episode recording so it's going to be like the big goodbye show uh like the official goodbye show mm-hmm. um so yeah we have a few more shows that should be released sometime within the next few weeks and of course sorted cinema is all genre films so it's a lot of like Discussion of horror movies and cult films. So I think people who like The Walking Dead should listen to a sorted cinema episode, even though there's only like eight more episodes left. <laughs>
0: well and also fans of uh, The Walking Dead movie fans of Banshee and of course that we have a weekly Banshee podcast at Sound on Sight hosted by Sean Coletti and Les Chappell um, so that might be something that people should check out also at Sound on Sight there's always new articles going up um, in each of the different se- uh, sections of the website so there's plenty of content there if you want to listen to me talk about the rest of the ridiculous number of quality TV like last week for comedy just like forget about it it was ridiculous it was ridiculous how much good comedy there was on TV last week um you can listen to my weekly everything else tv podcast which is the televerse which i co-host with your co-host of sound on sight and sword cinema simon howell um and yeah i I think we'll we'll leave it there normally we would have a guest for these episodes but we wanted to start off kind of ease into the mid-season especially with with tyrese's uh death here uh, with just the two of us and we'll, we'll be back next week to look at episode 10 of season five them slightly different title than What Happened and What's Going On. Uh, Them, written by Heather Belson and directed by Julius Ramsey. Um, But until then, thank you so much for listening to the Sound On Say Walking Dead podcast. We'll be back next week. not at what can be seen, but we look at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens.
1: She was gonna come with me. How far? Outside Richmond, Virginia. It was secure. It has a wall, homes, 20 people. Beth wanted to go with him. She wanted to get him there. It's a long trip, but if it works out, it's the last long trip we have to make. And what if it isn't around anymore? Then we keep going.
0: Then we find a new place.